welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast, a Miami Heat NBA podcast that's not for everybody. And just like always, we got some guests. First, we got Angelina Martell. Say what's up to the people, Ange. What's going on, guys? It's Angelina Martell. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martell with two E's for our latest Miami Heat updates. And then after that, we got well-known author Brian Young. Say what's up to the people, Brian. What's up? And then after that, we got Lola. Say what's up, Lola. Hey, guys. You can catch me on Twitter at E-G-Y underscore C-O-L-E. And then last but not least, we got a new member of the Heat vs. the World pod, George. Say what's up to the people, man. What's good, guys? I'm happy to be here. Um, you can follow me at Pat Don Riley on, uh, on Twitter. All right, so without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, as always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Now let's get right into the big topics to talk about today. So as you guys know, free agency started a couple days ago, and Miami is already off to a hot start. So let's take a look at some of the players we've added to this roster. As we've anticipated for some time, the Heat finally got their point guard in Kyle Lowry. And then not too long later, they made a move that kind of shocked some Heat fans when they announced that they were going to take on P.J. Tucker as well. And then last night, or at least last night for when this pod is being recorded, we went and signed Markeith Morris. So without further ado, I want to ask you guys, how do you feel about these moves the Heat made? We'll start off with you, Ange. I am really looking forward to this upcoming season, considering all the new players we picked up this free agency. And just, I feel the big three with Jimmy, Bam, and Kyle Lowry is going to be one, certainly to not underestimate coming into this season. Because I feel like with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry's chemistry and how they go way back as like best friends and stuff, I feel... Them working together is going to be something really fun to watch. And yeah, I like you said earlier, I was one of the Heat fans that was extremely shocked to see we got P.J. Tucker. But yeah, no, I'm really excited to see the starting lineup with Jimmy, P.J. Tucker, Lowry, Adebayo, and Robinson. And as far as Markeith Morris, I can't really comment on him because I didn't really watch that much of him on the Lakers. So, But I'm glad that he's now joining our squad and we're going to see what he's capable of on our squad. So like I said earlier, I'm looking forward to this season with the new assets we picked up. And yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Quick thing, you know, with um, PJ Tucker, I mean, for a couple years now, there's been rumors that he were interested in signing a Bucks player in the 2021 free agency. So... You know, we finally got that guy, so um, I think that's a great pickup for the Heat, in my opinion. Uh, what about you, Brian? What do you think? I think it was a pretty good offseason. I'm not. I don't think I'm as excited as everybody else. I mean, they got the best available free agent on the market, right? So you can't talk crap about that move. Like, obviously, they're going to be better than last year, which is the goal. You know, you want to improve from what you did the previous year, right? 
I think that overall, to me, it feels like basically the same team plus Kyle Lowry. Like, I think that swapping out Trevor Ariza and Iggy for PJ Tucker and Markeith Morris is basically a wash. So I still think that there's some extra maneuvering to be done. For me, the most exciting thing is now Duncan Robinson has a bigger contract. PJ Tucker and Tyler Hero plus some picks can maybe be moved midseason to get a bigger piece. It's a really good start. It's a really good start off the strength of Kyle Lowry. Right now, I think they're still a tier below where the Bucks and the Nets are. But I think that as it stands right now, they can beat any other team in the East and vice versa. Um, to be fair, but yeah, it, they've they've improved, and that's all you can hope for as a fan. So I'll I'll take it. Right, and then what's your thoughts, Lola? Um, I'm really excited. Um, uh, we touched a lot on Kyle Lowry in our last podcast and how he improves our point of attack defense. He improves our playmaking. He can unlock a lot in Bam, and he just he's he can also shoot. I just think that he makes us a way better team offensively. Spo will really love having a point guard that he could run plays through. I also like PJ Tucker, and I also like the fact that we got Oladipo back. I think our defense got way better. I know, like Ariza and PJ Tucker, you can you can call it a wash, but at the same time, we added the bulk defense that we didn't have before, and we stole uh, PJ Tucker from the Bucks, which means that they don't have another guy to guard Jimmy in the playoffs. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how that turns out when we do face them in the playoffs and yeah so and I I don't have too much to say about Marquise Morris I wonder how he comes back a lot of people say Marcus is the better brother but we will see like maybe under uh, Miami's uh, training camp and everything else he'll come back better I'm still wondering what else we add on to that um I kind of think that we need a wing defender and maybe a shooter I mean I don't know like I don't know what we could do with like the minimum and ba- maybe like the BA left. There's still moves to be made. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. And then what's your take, George? How do you feel about some of these players we signed? I'm, I'm really excited as well for this for this upcoming season. I, I share a lot of um, optimism with a lot of people. It's been years since we've had a real playmaking point guard to facilitate our offense when things aren't going as well. We saw that a lot last year. There were a lot of pieces in our team that on paper, we looked fantastic. And, and even though we wanted to run it back, there were still some really big holes. And the biggest hole, in my, my opinion, from last year is that when times got tough and you know, stretches without a basket and Jimmy was on the bench, we just didn't have anyone to facilitate, facilitate the offense. And with Lowry, I think he brings a lot of tenacity on, on the offensive side. So I'm really excited to see what he can do there. On the other side of the floor, defensively, our pickups have been, have been fantastic. You know, we re-signed Depot. We got PJ Tucker, Morris as well. I'm really really happy to see the front office has figured out our problems and has made an attempt to fix it in the best possible way because with our team last year um the pieces that we had didn't really you you really couldn't expect what they were going to do on every any given um any given night so players like pj tucker you know what you're getting you're going to get strong defense you're going to get that tenacity same with marcus morris um uh so it's it's exciting, you know. It's exciting to see that what we can do, what Spolstra can do with his team moving forward. And um, I think it's important as well that we we didn't really give up two of our most important pieces in um, Hero and and Robertson. So if we did have to make a trade mid um mid season, it's it's you know it's there. It, those pieces are there to move. And um, you know, as long as we stay versatile, then it's going to be a good season. 
Right. You know, I personally feel very happy about the moves the Miami Heat made. I mean, you know, we got some tough guys, you know, on this team. You know, I kind of like it. And, you know, while we did make some very intriguing moves, you know, adding these new pieces to the team, I also feel like we should focus on some of the guys we're bringing back as well. Uh, you know, we got Jimmy Butler coming back on that big extension. Then you got the dead man himself, Dwayne De- Deadman, is coming back too. And I just got to say, I'm very happy that, you know, he basically told, uh, who was it, the 76ers to back off. You love to see that. You know, um, then you have Duncan Robinson, as you guys mentioned, coming back for $90 million, five years. And I think that makes him, that gave him like the most um, expensive contract. The I guess he's like the most paid player in, what is it, in undrafted, out of the undrafted players in NBA history or something like that. I don't know that statistic 100%. Um, then also, as announced today, Victor Oladipo is coming back to a return that I'm really hyped up for. I can't wait to see what he can do when he's fully healthy. And then also some minor um, re-signs in Max Bruce and Gabe Vincent. Can't wait to see what else they can bring to the table as well. So keeping in mind of all of these players we brought back, what's your take on this? We'll start off with you, Brian. Uh, I think there's a... Okay. Um... Yeah, no, like I said, it's basically the same team, <laughs> plus Kyle Lowry. Uh, I think it's fine. I mean, I think that, I mean, they were a playoff team last season, obviously. So, uh, like I said, for me, the biggest thing is that now you have the contracts to match for uh, for another guy. You know, I don't think I'm as high on P.J. Tucker, um, mostly because of the age. Like, I... I don't know. I I think that we'll have to see if I'm I'm hoping that Markeith Morris can provide really good minutes at that four spot so that we're not playing PJ Tucker, you know, the full 82 at starters minutes. Um but overall, I mean, it, I think this team fits really nice nicely together and I think that having that offensive release valve in Kyle Lowry is going to do wonders for this team because we saw that last year even though they had a lot of individual poor defenders. The team was was really good defensively overall, right? And Kyle Lowry and Peter Tucker add to that strength. Um, the real problem was the offense. So I think that they've gotten some guys in that they can really plug and play. And, um, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot less of those offensive droughts where we're basically relying on Jimmy to give us an MVP performance to essentially survive. So I think that, you know... Um, just kind of winning in those margins, not having stretches where, you know, not having uh, five-minute stretches where you don't score or whatever is going to flip the script entirely for this team. And also just having another year of chemistry, I think, is always good. Um, Deadman provided some really solid minutes at that back of five as well, and I think that that was sorely missing for most of the season. So it's going to be nice to have that sort of uh, full 82. Um, but yeah, overall, man, it's a, it's a much better it's a much better team. So they should they should be really looking at that three four seed as as almost a lock I think. Right, and what about you, Lola? Um, so from the resign, we obviously resigned Duncan Robinson and Dwayne Deadman and Victor Oladipo. Um, I really like the Duncan resigning. I mean, he's been in so many trade rumors. 
the last trade deadline and we also thought he was going to be included in something right now and he really looked like he wanted to stay with the heat he was like the perfect fit and we had him involved in our entire defense i mean like Bam had like half of his assists. So I think he understands how important it is to stay with us because we really value him and we really prioritize him offensively. So I really think he took that into consideration. And I'm sure that he was offered more money in other places, but he decided to take a little bit less um, to stay with us for a longer contract. Um, I think he really does value us and we value him. So I'm really happy. Um, it provides spacing. He's an elite shooter. So I'm happy with Duncan and I'm also happy with Deadman because we he was such a solid backup center for us um, this season and he can continue to back up Bam. He provides that energy. He's cheap. He can shoot threes. I mean, I think he's like the perfect backup center for us. And he really surprised me last, like this year. So I'm looking forward to him surprising me again. And um, as for Victor Oladipo, that was, that was like the happiest signing for me. Because I've been wanting Victor Oladipo back since the season ended. Um, when he got injured, I was heartbroken. And I like, I really love what Victor Oladipo brings to this team when he is healthy especially defensively we already have pj tucker and kyle added to this team so if you add victor on top of that it just makes us such a great defensive team it just makes us dogs and um i really am happy that we got him for the minimum like that's just like incredible considering what he can provide to you when he's healthy and we also thanks to angie we also resigned gabe um strews um, I, I, I'm not too, um, I don't really care too much about Gabe and Strews, but because like, they're just on their minimums, um, that the only thing they can do is provide us value for their contract. So good for them. Right. And what's your take, George? Look, I, I think there's, um, it's a mixed reaction. Like I was, I was expecting um, Jimmy to resign. I ex I expected LOD to resign, given his um his injury history. That doesn't mean I'm not happy about it. Um, I think it's really important to make your stars happy. Um, we've learned from our past history that making our stars unhappy really makes us look like a, a pretty bad organization. So I think it's important to um to pay your stars. Um, Oladipo is the the happy surprise in this whole thing as well because it, it's. It's important for us to get a return on what we gave away from him. I know it's not; it wasn't the biggest um, package we gave away. I think it was um, Alinik and Bradley for him. But at the same time, it's important to get a return on your investment. So when he's healthy, they said, um, I think it was rumored that he's coming back anywhere between uh, December and January. So it's going to be um, it's going to be fun to see what he can do for us. He, he he's a defensive presence, and he was he started to get really get into a rhythm. Um, I believe right before he got injured, so I was I was pretty upset about that. Um, as well. Dwayne Dedman's fantastic. I think if we could take something away from the pretty awful playoffs that we had was that he really did step up a little bit and, um, and, and, you know, show us that he can knock down that three and, and come on and, um, you know, defend at a, at a medium to high level as well. So I think it's, it's great to see him back. Um, Duncan, I'm really happy about as well, because we, I think without Duncan, if you take Duncan away from the team that we have now, you're pretty, you're stretching what you can do on offense, especially from beyond the arc. So um, 
you know, people like Hero and Duncan, they're going to be extremely important for us. So I think Duncan gets the start. So it's going to be fun to see what he can do. Um, Struess is going to be that player that is either going to be, you know, great. He's going to give you 11, 11 and three off the bench, you know, knock down a couple, a couple threes, or he's going to go zero for five, which is exactly what we don't want. So but he, he's going to be used quite a lot. I think it's Bolsha's system, especially with um, how much rest he's, at, he's going to have to give our starters throughout the season um, to manage injuries and stuff like that. But I think I'm going to give a hot take here. I reckon Gabriel, um, Gabe Vincent really does step up for us because as a backup point guard, that's what he's going to have to be. Um, I'm not just saying that as a ball handler because we've got plenty of ball handlers. We've got Jimmy, Bam, Kyle Lowry. But Gabe himself, I think he's been with our organization for a long time. He's 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 going to really have to bring the role um, forward. That's what Spolcher's wanted for him in the past. And he's going to, there's no reason why he wouldn't still be on our roster um, with all the moves that that's been done. If Spolcher didn't see something really special with him. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's what Spo can do and what these players can do. And then Ange, what about you? Like I said earlier, I'm satisfied with the moves Miami made with re-signing certain players. Like everyone has said so far, I'm happy we re-signed Oladipo for the minimum, considering it was heartbreaking to see him go out so early into his new season with Miami. And I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing this upcoming season with his defensive capabilities and such. And I feel like Spo's going to pay closer attention to Depot, considering how injury-prone he really is and how much of a toll his injury took on our team last season. And to be honest, I feel like if he were to play in the playoffs with us, I feel like we would have gone much farther or even won more games instead of getting sweeped at Milwaukee. Deadman, I feel like people aren't really talking enough about how Philly reached out to him. And he basically said, back off. I'm not signing with you guys. And considering the role he played last season and stepping up for Bam when he wasn't playing the best and really just proved himself, I really feel like that opened a lot of Miami fans' eyes to really like how – great of a player he really is and just the clutch moments he was able to do for our team and just help us out in moments such as that. As for Gabe and Struess, I can't really speak too much on them because they weren't as exciting as hearing, say, the Depot news, the Robinson news, the Deadman news. But hey, at least they contributed something to our team. Struess delivered great offense in the games that mattered. So did Gabe. So I feel like there can be a couple things they could potentially work on this offseason with Gabe being in Nigeria playing in the Olympics. He's playing absolutely amazing along with KZ and Precious. For Robinson, I am also extremely happy that he re-signed for $90 million five-year contract. And Joel, touching on what you said earlier, he is the highest paid undrafted player in NBA history. Sorry. But yeah, I feel like because he said that, quote unquote, we didn't cross off all the check marks on his free agency checklist, which was to get paid more, to win, and something else I forgot. But clearly we checked off all his boxes, and Miami took that into accountability and paid him what he's worth, five-year, $90 million. Considering how great of a player he really is, I feel like that's fair. And for Jimmy signing the max extension, I'm really happy that he did that, and I'm happy that he's going to be with us for the long run, and I'm excited to see how far he's going to go this season. Right. And then, you know, I want to talk to you quick, real quick. Like, you look at, you know, the players we re-signed in, Deadman, Depot, Robinson, Butler, Struess, Vincent. Like, which of those moves, like, looking at it, like, which one, like, intrigues you the most? As far as uh, the offseason, obviously the Lowry move was huge. That was the uh, 
you know, the, the main priority of bringing him in. I thought we could have done a better job uh, filling around the margins, particularly with uh, Kendrick Nunn. I think we could have uh, done better asset management with him as far as uh, keeping him restricted and then uh, doing a sign and trade and getting a trade exception back. Um, PJ Tucker, I like. I think it could have been a cheaper deal, but I do like uh, his, uh, phys- his physicality, his uh, defensive ability. That's going to be big for us. Uh, Oladipo, bringing him back on the minimum, it's a good deal because he's a uh, low-risk, high-reward. And uh, Markeith Morris, um, he's, he's, he's a streaky player. Um, last season, he wasn't good, but the season before, uh, he was uh, big uh, for the Lakers in terms of uh, their championship runs. So uh, we need to hope that we're getting the uh, 1920 version of uh, Markeith Morris and not the uh, 2021 version. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree 100 percent. And, you know, while we do look at the players that we signed and those that we re-signed to deals, it's also too important to look at the players who are no longer on the team. You have Goran and Precious, who are obviously both part of the Kyle Lowry sign and trade deal. You have Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Reza, who both were free agents and decided to go to L.A., and then Bielitsa, who will be going to the Warriors. And then Andre Iguodala, who, although he has not signed with the team yet, um, we can more than likely guarantee that he won't be back with the Heat next year. Let's see. So with that being said, what's, what do you guys think about these moves? Uh, think about these losses for the Heat. Like, do you think it will impact the Heat moving forward? Like, what's your take? We'll start off with you, George. Look, I think it's important to realize that with, um, after with the fact that we ran it back so so hard last year, that it's important to make moves, especially when it doesn't run out. So, um, it, when it when something doesn't work out, we have to make changes, and there's going to have to be sacrifices. Now, the loss of none, I I agree with Quake. I think it could have been a lot um, better managed in the long run. Um, signing, it's, you know, keeping restricted and, and putting him in a side and trade would have been ideal. Um, with Trevor Reza, I think that we had a very high hopes for him, especially after um, Crowder did such a great job for us in the postseason before. But, um, you know, we had Mo Harkless during the year. He didn't work out. Trevor Reza um, came in and we had better hopes for him. He, he did perform a lot better than Mo Harkless did in that spot. But I think that for our team to really have been um, pushed further, he had to have been better. He had to, you know, space the four better and, but what he did bring to us was defense, and that was the most important aspect of his game. Now, replacing him with PJ Tucker, I think, is a great. It's a very, very good move um, move for the organization because what he gives you on defense, he'll do that. Like he can bring better defense than Mo Harkless as well. He's a very, very, very competent corner shooter, um, and that's what we need from him. Um, the loss of of Dragic as well. That's that's going to be the the hardest pill to swallow. Um, He's been such a great servant to the organization for so long. You know, he's he's paid his dues. Um, we nearly lost him last year. We kept him. So he went on to a better cause. We, we, we got Lowry from him as well. So I'm not too upset about that. Um, but yeah, I think with our losses, we have to weigh them with our, with our gain. And I think that we've gained so much more from our losses. So I'm not, I'm not going to lose any sleep over who we lost. And um, I'm happy with the, the moves that the organization made. 
And then, Ange, what about you? What do you think about these losses for the Heat? As for what George just said, going off of losing Goran Dragic, like he said, it's going to be definitely a hard pill to swallow. And he's most definitely going to be missed. And like he also said, he's done so much for the organization for the seven years he's been here. And just for all the people that said Goran Dragic was washed, y'all just please be quiet because considering his age, even though he was on the older side, he did so much for Miami that a lot of players on an other team wouldn't be able to accomplish at that age. And so I'm just really grateful and thankful for all the things he's done for us thus far. But as for Bielitsa leaving, going to the Warriors, I'm not too upset about that considering he barely played. He he had some good games, but it just, I guess it just wasn't enough to keep him around long-term. As for Ariza joining the Lakers, that caught me off guard. I didn't really expect that. And I'm not, gonna lose too much sleep over that either he did great things for our defense and offense but it's not to the point that his presence is gonna be too like missed too much because we obviously got Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker to make up for that um Kendrick Nunn signing with the Lakers was another one that really caught me off guard he did great things for Miami and I feel like as soon as he became an unrestricted free agent he was just it didn't take too long for the Lakers to pick him up and I'm surprised I'm like first of all I don't know where the Lakers are getting all this money from to get all these assets but that's besides the point oh yeah as well as Precious I feel like I cut him some slack because he didn't get the proper summer training and offseason that all the other rookies got but he did good things for Miami defensively and he's really he's playing really well in Nigeria so I'm happy for him for that but Toronto's been eyeing him ever since the trade deadline last season, so they finally got what they wanted. And best of luck to him in Toronto, I guess. But as for the other people I've mentioned so far, oh, Iggy, I don't know where he's going to go. I've seen rumors that he's going back to Golden State, which I feel fits him. I don't know how long or how much longer he's going to be in the league for, but best of luck to him and wherever he goes. And just I have nothing more to say about that. And then, Quake, what's your take? Yeah, so um, Lowry uh, replaces Dragic. Uh, he's an upgrade at both ends, uh, playmaking, um, shooting under screens uh, defensively. Uh, Tucker replaces Ariza. Ariza's a bit a bit better of a shooter, but Tucker brings more physicality, so that's a plus. I think where we actually – I think where we lose is on the wing uh, with uh, Iguodala gone because um, – we don't really have a true uh, wing stopper. Uh, Tucker is more of a four right in today's league, uh, as is Markeith Morris. He really doesn't have the, the foot speed to guard uh, small forwards. So I think adding a guy like uh, – I'm not sure if it's feasible now, but I think adding a guy like Danny Green would be would be huge. And if not him, we might have to take a flyer on a, a Kelly Oubre, who even though he lacks uh, – for what he lacks in basketball IQ, he – he makes up for in athleticism, uh, physical frame, and uh, talent. So I think we need to add another wing. But aside from that, um, I'm not too concerned about the players we're losing because the players we're getting back are uh, just as good, if not better, than uh, the players who are, who are going out. So, Right. And then, Lola, what do you think? Um, I want to first touch on, on Goran. 
um i love you gogi um i'm so sad that you have to go but we all understood that we were gonna get cutthroat pat riley he had to make space for kyle lowry and the only way to do that was with goron because nobody wanted iggy so as sad as it is it is what it is i guess um but I just want to thank him because he gave us amazing seven years and he gave us the bubble, which was really the most amazing run I have ever seen as such an underdog of a team take on. And it was led on by him. And if he was healthy in the finals, who would have known what would have happened? So in that deal, Precious is also being sent. Uh, I think Precious needs better opportunities and with bam on our team he kind of becomes redundant he's like an undersized big and we kind of already have that in bam and that was kind of the issue i think with a rebuilding young team um he'll have more opportunities so i think this is great for him um as for ariza um we i feel like we decided to go on from ariza because he is a good defender and he is an okay three-point shooter, but he did not have the size to defend the likes of Giannis. And those are the type of teams that we have to go against in the playoffs at some point. So the the addition of P.J. Tucker is an improvement over him. So I think, like, we just let him go in that aspect. Um, and as for none, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm with Quake on this. Um, that was a bad um, asset management. We got – we got him for basically, we brought him from the Golden State Warrior Dungeon and we built him up to be this player. And he ended up leaving us for the Lakers. Like, I feel like we could have done better with his with him managing wise, but it is what it is. And for Iggy, I mean, good luck to him because he's, he's, I really feel like he should just retire at this point because he's really washed in my opinion. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Brian, what do you feel about all this? Uh, I'm not living, losing sleep over any of the guys I left, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, I think that, like Quake said, I would like another wing because I just don't trust Markeith Morris minutes. And when I watched him with the Lakers, he was not a good NBA player. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's mostly going to be there to, like I said earlier, like soak up minutes, essentially. Like, don't, you know... He's probably not going to help you, but he might not tank you while you're on the floor. Um, but yeah, like a Precious wasn't great for the Heat last season. Like I actually think it's better for Deadman to be playing those minutes. Uh, Goron, or I'm sorry, Lowry is a massive upgrade over Goron and Nunn at the guard spot. Um, I think PJ and Trevor Ariza overall is pretty much a wash. Uh, so yeah, I just. You know, like, I, I really don't think that they're going to miss any of the guys that went out. I mean, obviously, like, having a Goran Dragic would be great now. Like, he could play that backup point guard spot and be fantastic at it. But you had to do what you have to do to get to get Lowry. So, I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all the, with all the guys that, that left. I think that hopefully they are better where they are now. Um, I would love an addition like Danny Green. But overall... It it had to happen for Larry to be here, and as a result, they're a better team. So I'm not tripping over it. Right. And, you know, when you look at all that, you know, there's still available free agents that are out there. You know, as you said, Brian, you know, there is Danny Green. And it leads me into this next topic as I want to ask you guys, 
you know, as we do look at the remaining free agents that are out there, who's the next target that Heat should go after? And we'll start off with you for this one, uh, Lola. Um, I agree with Quake and Brian. Uh, we need a wing, wing defender. Uh, we also need a shooter. I think Danny Green is perfect. He fills both roles. Kelly Oubre, I saw that online. Um, I would love Kelly Oubre, but I feel like we don't have the money for it. Um, so, yeah. And um, I guess Lou Williams is also available still. So, between Danny Green and Lou Williams, one, one of them should be up for grabs. I personally really want Danny Green. I feel like he was kind of getting all that shit for what he did with the Lakers, but then he came back and he played really well for Philly, but then he was injured in the playoffs. And I feel like if they had him, they would have been better off. So, yeah, any wing defender would be great. I also saw Wes Matthews. That's a really interesting person to look at. Um, Any wing defender or a shooter would be amazing for us right now. Right, and then what about you, Ange? As for free agents, like Lola said, Danny Green, I feel like, like like she said in L.A. in the finals, he didn't perform the best, and I feel like that really just didn't do him any justice for his expectations set by fans across the league. And the way he performed in Philly was great, as well as his time in Toronto. But like she also said, him getting injured in the playoffs didn't really help his case, and I feel like if he wasn't injured, it would have done Philly more justice and not saying they could have beat the Hawks but anything's possible Hawks were a very dominant and stacked team last season in the playoffs but um as for Kelly Oubre I don't really have an opinion on him because I didn't really watch the Warriors that much but if the shoe fits then go for it I guess you could say but um yeah that's really all I have to say about it Right, and then Brian? Uh, like I mentioned, Danny Green. I think another guy out there is Wes Matthews. I know that the Heat looked at him last year. Um, him and Jimmy are also really close. He wasn't, again, another guy that wasn't really great for the Lakers, but you would hope that he could have somewhat of a resurgence um, on the Heat. You know, they've revived a lot of guys' careers, so I don't think that that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Kelly Oubre, I feel like he's probably more expensive than the Heat can afford. Um, but I would love him as as that starting four. I think that, you know, he hasn't been great defensively, but he has all the physical tools to be, you know, at least a decent defender. Um, and, and then the last guy I think might draw some interest is Lou Williams because I still think that that bench needs a bit of a scoring punch. Right now it's basically just Tyler Hero. Um, and maybe he, he fills that role really, really well and you don't need a guy like Lou Williams. I do expect Tyler Hero to be a lot better this season. Um, but I do think that if they're looking for some extra scoring punch off the bench, um, then Lou Williams could be a really, really good option for them. Right. And what's your take, George? Yeah, I'm a big believer in um in Lou Williams. I know people don't give him the credit he deserves um, on the defensive end, and, and that's fine. I know he's not the best uh, defender, and he's not there for that. What we, this team needs now is the scoring punch off the bench. The, the guy averaged... 45% or 44% from three in the playoffs last year. Like, I, he, he's a bucket getter. That's what we need, especially someone with that much veteran um, presence to give to us as well. I know we've got 
plenty of you know of, of dogs in the locker room. I think that he, he'll fit right along. Um, Danny Green as well. So I know people like people have already said this. He's everything that we need as well. He's a great wing defender. Um, he he does his job, and that's what we need. And people that just do they come in to do a job, and and they'll get you the results that you're looking for. And he's he's been pretty good over the last few years. He, he's definitely declined from what he used to be, but you know he's he's getting up there in age as well. But um, now I, I've been personally, I think it's between Danny Green and Lou Will. Um, and with Lou Will as well, you're also getting another playmaker. You're getting someone that can handle the ball, um, and, and take a lot of pressure off, um, off Bam and Jimmy as well as as ball handlers and get them more focused on the offensive end is where we need them as well. So yeah, I think for for me personally, if I've got to pick one, I'm picking Lou Will. Right, and then last but not least, Quake. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, we're all in agreement when we say that Danny Green is the number one guy left. Um, 6'6", shot uh, 40% from three last year on six attempts per game. Uh, It's exactly what we need, and he plays well in offenses that emphasize ball movement and player movement, uh, such as San Antonio and Toronto. So that's really where he does best. Um, As far as Kelly Oubre, I would only want him as an alternative to Danny Green should uh, Danny Green sign elsewhere because Oubre, he does have a lot of uh, baggage. He's he's somebody who who thinks that he's a star, even though he's not a star. And that's not really the type of player you want on a team like this uh, that emphasizes, you know, high high IQ and, uh, you know, uh, sharing the ball and whatnot. So I'll take Oubre only as an alternative to Green. Uh, Lou Williams, I was thinking about him as the backup point guard, but then I thought to myself, we may just stagger the minutes uh, with Jimmy Butler and uh, Kyle Lowry so that one is on the floor at all times. So we may not necessarily need Lou Williams uh, because if we if we bring him in to be the backup point guard, the majority of his minutes are going to be off the bench with Tyler, and that's just going to be a, a defensive nightmare for us against uh, second-unit guards, especially uh, second-unit guards who can really score. And then uh, one last name who I just thought of recently – uh, and this might be a surprise, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Now, you can't use DeMarcus Cousins against a team like Brooklyn because they're just going to put him in drop coverage. But if you're going up against a team like Boston, who's a smaller team, then you can use him to punish them because uh, the Clippers did the Clippers did that against Phoenix. Uh, they had DeMarcus Cousins on the floor, and he was uh, eating Zubats alive. So you can use him against uh, small teams – and you can win those minutes where Bam is off the floor. So I think that might make sense. Right. You know, a lot of noise was really made by the Heat throughout free agency. And, you know, as we looked at these names, it's clear that there are so much more guys the Heat can go after. And, you know, it's important to keep in mind that Miami is not the only team that's making noise right now. You know, you have other teams in the league that's making some good additions as well. So that leads me to this question. And I want to ask you guys, like, is there any team out there that has caught your attention with some of the free agency additions they've made? We'll start off with you, Ange. I'm sure everyone can agree with me in saying the Bulls certainly shocked me considering they signed Lonzo Ball. DeMar DeRozan was another big name that also Miami was interested in. The Lakers also showed interest in him, but...
I feel like the Bulls are a good fit for DeMar. And also the Lakers really shocked me with all the assets they picked up, like Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Trevor Ariza kind of shocked me, like I said earlier. But um, I'm sure the Heat, I might be biased, but the Heat also shocked me with a lot of the free agency moves they made. And it's no doubt that the East are now a pretty stacked conference with all the moves that they made this free agency. So I'm excited to see how those three teams perform personally. And then what about you, George? Yeah, I'm going to follow off um, Angie's point. The Bulls have just been fantastic. Their front office has done some amazing things for them. I think it's going to do a lot for their development moving down um, down, the, down the track. Um, Patrick Williams is going to get a lot of help now. He's going to get a lot of more mentorship um, from these players. DeMar DeRozan is a great addition. Um, following off from that, I think, as much as I don't like to say this, the Knicks have had a, a pretty good offseason as well. Um, pairing RJ and Julius Randle with Fournier and Kemba Walker as of, as of recently. Um, I think it's a very it's a, it's a good team. It's a good team, um, and the, the the East is being stacked. Um, but on the other side, um, the Lakers have literally just signed the entire cast of the Expendables. Um, everyone over thirty two is welcome there. So they're 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 doing big things as well. They're they're stacking their bench. Um, this is going to be a very competitive season. I know we said this as of late. Um, you know, there's a lot of moves. Um, from a, from a draft class that a draft class, so the, from a free agency that isn't um, completely decked out with stars, I think it's a very role player based thing. But which is the most important thing? You look over the over general history uh, when it comes to the finals, the role players play a massive role, and they're usually the difference maker between you know good and bad teams and 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 champions and being close close to nothing. Um, so yeah, I think the entire NBA. Um, these organizations have made steps in the right direction. So if the heat, so it's going to be, it's going to be very competitive. Right. And then what about you? Um, obviously, um, the bulls, they added Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan. I think they made a lot of great moves to, um, try to get Levine, um, to stay. Um, I think he'll be happy with those moves. I'm still kind of skeptical on how great they do because they added Vooch and that didn't do much for them. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I also think the Lakers just adding everyone, like literally from Melo, Dwight Howard, like it. none in Ariza really surprised me. Um, also, the one the one move that really surprised me was Kemba Walker to New York. That's happening right now. Like him getting bought out and going to New York. Uh, it was just like funny to see. I mean, he can't really play defense. So I wonder how that's going to go. And um, another move that really surprised me was, and I was kind of sad about, is Patty Mills to the Brooklyn Nets. Because I kind of wanted Patty Mills. I felt like he was he's a bucket getter. And he was giving KD some problems. So I understand maybe KD made that phone call uh, to them to get Patty Mills. Um, another move that really made me laugh was um, Andre Drummond to the, the Sixers. Like, I just wonder how that relationship with Embiid is going to be like. It just it It's just a bunch of funny moves that were made this um, offseason. And just uh, one more thing before you know, I go to the next person is Let's also keep in mind the huge addition the Jazz made for Rudy Gobert's backup. Uh, <laughs> y'all got Hassan Whiteside over there. Um, 
You don't speak of his name in a Miami Heat podcast, Joel. I really thought you were gonna say Rudy Gay. Like, I was, oh, I forgot. I was, was, I was so thrown off when you said that. I thought it was Rudy Gay that you were gonna say. It was so funny, bro. The fact that that's really gonna be coming off the bench for Rudy Gobert. Like, oh my gosh. But yeah. Anyways, uh, Brian, what about you? Uh, I I'm of the opinion that the Lakers won the offseason. Like you trade for Russell Westbrook, and I think at first I was like, "That is a horrible fit," because you know we they're in, they're in talks to get Buddy Heald, and I think everyone was like, "Okay, that makes sense with LeBron and AD." But then they go out and they sign a million shooters with, you know, I get like props to the Lakers front office for saying like, "Hey, we're all billionaires; we can afford the tax." It literally means nothing to us. So, I mean, they got a lot of scoring punch off the bench. Their defense is going to suffer a lot, but they also have Frank Vogel and, and Dave Fisdell there, so I'm not as concerned about it. And AD is amazing. Like, I think by himself will probably make the Lakers at least decent defensively. But there is a ton of shot creating and shooting on that team with passing from LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Like, I, I don't know. that. I think that they are my favorites coming out the – out the West. I don't know if they'll beat the Nets, but I think it's damn close. Especially if they get a guy like Danny Green, I like that's a tough team to beat. Um, following them, though, I think the Bulls are really, really fascinating. I think there's some discourse on Twitter over whether or not they'll even uh, over whether or not they'll be that good. But I think the combination of Lonzo Ball and Demar Derozan uh, with Vooch and Levine and Alex Caruso, like for me. I think outside of the Nets and the Bucks, they can beat anybody. Like, I, I really think the offense is going to be really, really good. Um, I like the Kemba Walker move for New York. I don't know. I still think that the Heat are a better team than them. Personally, Kemba Walker gets played off the floor in the playoffs because he's really, really tiny. Um, but I think that for me, it's it's the Lakers, the Heat, and the, and, uh, the, and the Bulls, I'm sorry, who have basically won the offseason. Right. And then Quake, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, I think it's impossible to uh not talk about uh what the Lakers have done this offseason. <laughs> um they 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 are going to slip defensively having lost Caruso, having lost KCP. But what you lose defensively with those guards, you gain offensively with the additions of Kendrick Nunn, uh Malik Monk. Taylor Horton Tucker will be another year older with more experience under his belt. Um, so they're going they're going to be among the top offenses in the league next year. Uh, they'll be able to score with anyone, and uh, you can they can uh, send out a lineup with uh, LeBron, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Carmelo, and Anthony Davis. And in that lineup, Anthony Davis is your worst shooter. So the shooting problems that the Lakers did have are now practically solved. Uh, last year that they had lineups where LeBron was the best shooter and that that won't happen this that won't happen this coming year. So uh, I think they've done a, a fantastic job in the offseason and there's talks that the Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington trade might expand to like a 6 to 8 team trade so the Lakers might even get another player out of that. So we'll, have to, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, now uh, I want to talk about the Knicks next. Uh, the Knicks' problem was offense, and they did improve in that area, adding uh, Evan Fournier and then today Kemba Walker for $8 million a year. Um, Kemba is a 
low-risk, high-reward signing. Uh, and Tom Thibodeau is a point guard whisperer. Uh, he got the best out of DJ Augustine. He got the best out of Nate Robinson. He got the best out of Kirk Heinrich. So he might be able to get the best out of uh, uh, Kemba as well. And then as far as the Bulls are concerned, uh, they're they're better with DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Uh, they're going to be extremely fun to watch. One of the best offenses in the league. Uh, and one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst. Um, I'm not sure that they're a top six team in the East, to be honest. Uh, I think I think if I had to go to pick between them and Boston, I would pick Boston, uh, simply off the fact that they're led by two marquee wings and they can lock down on D, whereas the Bulls, your best perimeter defenders are Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. And your wings, you have Levine and DeRozan, neither of whom play any defense. Uh, Vucevic, he can't play. He's going to have to play drop in the playoffs. That that won't work against a team like Brooklyn. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how Chicago matches up with some of the better teams in the East. But that being said, they are a better team today than they were yesterday. Right. You know, like you look at the league right now, it's clear that – you know, it's very different compared to where it was last year. You know, I can't wait to see how teams like L.A. and all of them shape out to be because, you know, moves aren't done. You know, we know that. We're only like, what, two days into free agency. So, you know, there's probably a lot more that has to be decided for not only the Heat, but for those other teams out there. But, you know, next thing that I do want to talk about away from free agency to close out today's episode it's about the Heat Summer League. So yesterday, the Heat played the Lakers, and they won by a score of 80-78. to 78. The main star for the Heat last night was none other than Omar Yurtsevin, who had 27 points and 19 rebounds. He went 3 of 7 from the three-point line, 11-20 from the field goal range. And, you know, you just love to see that. You know, then you have guys like Javante Smart with 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, along with DJ Stewart with 11. You know, when you see stuff like that, you're kind of intrigued. And, you know, the Heat obviously have some decisions that they need to make regarding, you know, who they want to bring onto the roster after the Summer League comes to an end. So I want to ask you guys, what do you guys feel about the current summer league and what we saw last night. We'll start off with you, George. I mean, I think I can speak of everyone just saying that's so good to see some some former basketball back. So it was really exciting to see um, the young talent that we brought out from the undrafted um, undrafted team. Um, it was kind of a shaky performance. I'm not gonna lie, we had 19 turnovers in that game, which was um, which is it, it was shocking to see. Uh, the amount of turnovers, but we still got the the dub at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but Yerkes is just—he was just built different last night. And I don't think I've seen a dominant performance in a summer league game like that before. Um, and from a team like ours, that that we we look at it and say, you know, sometimes maybe rebounding might be an issue. To see someone pull down 19 boards and his name is not Hassan Whiteside um, is a really good breath of fresh air. Um, I think a really under, underrated pick is um, Marcus Garrett. I think he, he killed her last night. Six steals. He was he was a, a, a menace on defense. Just ripping the ball out, going back, you know, in transition. Um, his free throw shooting could do it with a bit of work. But I think everyone played quite well. Even um, Stuart Jr. played well. 
Um, even Potter. Potter played great as well. So it's it's fun to see that, like, we've got some decisions to make um, depending on, you know, how many roster starts we, we will have for them. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a very tough decision to see um, who, we, who we bring on. But, uh, yeah, we've got another game against Gold State today. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be fun to see. Right. And what about you, Quake? Yeah, so I think I think the uh, obvious takeaway is uh, Omer, you're at seven. Uh, watching him play, he's obviously an NBA player. Like, you can tell, uh, like, you know, the eye test isn't something that you can deny. Like, when you see something, you know uh, this person's an NBA player or this person's not an NBA player. And then you're at seven's case, you know that he's an NBA player. He's very skilled. Uh, he has uh, post post hook, good footwork, uh, drop step, uh, can shoot the three, so he has uh, the complete package. Uh, I think he can contribute to us uh, next season. It's all a matter of like how many minutes he's going to get, uh, whether he's coming off the bench versus uh, starting and maybe moving Bam to the four. But I do think he's going to get minutes, uh, maybe twenty to twenty-two minutes per game, uh, depending on you know. If uh, Spo wants to play uh, a rookie, which is what he's going to be, and uh, yeah, I think we can mold him into like a Jonas Valanciunas or a Brook Lopez for us, as like a center who can uh, score both inside and out. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to get much run in the playoffs because uh, he has slow feet and he's not. I don't think he's going to be able to be able. Uh, sorry, I don't think he's going to be able to switch out on the perimeter. Uh, which is key in the playoffs when you're going up against teams with dynamic guards such as Brooklyn. But for the regular season, I do think that uh, he's going to be uh, quite the quite the player for us coming off the bench or starting. Right. You know, and, you know, it just shows what Miami's capable of doing, you know, with their scouting and everything. You know, it's possible that they might have found another gem that no one knew about. So, you know, we'll see very soon. You know, we'll see who the Heat decides to bring to the roster. You know, so all we can do is just keep watching Summer League and keep watching out for some of these young guys who's ready to show that they belong in the league. So aside from that, you know, as we're getting ready to wrap this up, is there anything else that we should talk about while we're here? I'm going to take the silence as a no, correct? I mean, so, here goes if, I could, if I could, if I could input something here, um, I know we were talking about this before. Um, I think coming off the point we just had, um, where roster spots are such a um, rare commodity today, especially for our team, where we've got to round out a few people with with, um, with a few veterans. Um, I just want to ask a few people here: You think Haslam's spot is up for grabs, or do you think that it, it's just right to bring him back for another season? You know, I'm going to let y'all talk about that. I mean, for me personally, you know, I feel that, I mean, you know, we were talking before we got on about how, let's see, UD has only made like, what, 65 mil in like 18 years. You know, he you definitely... say only as if it's not a lot of money. I mean, like, I mean, it, I mean, it clearly is a lot of money. But at the same time, it's like you look how the NBA is now. I mean with people getting much bigger money in a contract. Like, bottom line is that I feel that with all the sacrifices UD has made, you could think about, you know, giving him still that roster spot. 
Uh, but, you know, it's definitely a tough one because he is definitely a very important person. However, then, you know, I know people feel that we could use his spot for someone else. And, you know, I personally do agree with that. It's just, you know, I kind of see both sides of it. And regarding something like that, I expect the Heat to make the best decision for it. You know, so I'll leave that up to Pat. But what do you guys think? How do you guys feel about UD? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, as far as UD, I think if he wants to be back, the Heat will bring him back. Now, as far as my personal opinion, uh, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that uh, we should use, like, roster spots ju- uh, judiciously and not try to, uh, you know, waste any. But uh, I do I do think that UD's veteran presence in the locker room does have value, especially what – when you're bringing in a, a rookie big like year seven, there might be things that AD can even teach him, maybe with regards to like post defense and whatnot. But uh, I'm really of the mindset that if they if he wants to be back, they'll bring him back, and maybe they'll leave one roster spot open uh, in the event of like buyouts and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I love UD, and I feel like to be honest, he just does more off the court as for like prep pep talks and just like hyping the players up rather than on the court because if you're gonna have a 40 year old that only plays one game out of an 82 game season then I don't really see a point I I know I'm probably gonna get bashed for that because there's some people that are like I don't care if UD 70 and he's still on our team I don't want to give up that spot but then again there aren't many 40 year olds in the league and I feel like if Haslam were to return to the heat it would be as a member of the coaching staff or just a member of the Heat, just not on their roster. Because like Quake said, he is the next best thing to Heat culture than Dwayne Wade. Because I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he's like the longest player to stick with one team in NBA history, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I'm on both sides of it that I want UD on our team, but at the same time, roster spots matter. So I don't really have like a definite opinion on it. I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of like neutral to the whole situation. But if if like Quake said, if he wants to resign, they'll resign him. But if the I don't know if they feel like they need that extra spot, then they're gonna release him. But I don't know. It can go both ways. Um, I'm with you guys on that. I think like if he wants it, they're probably gonna give it to him. I also am with you guys on that. If it was up to me, I would want to use those spots for our summer league players because we're already um, trying to look to add maybe one or two players off of the free agency. And then on top of that, I want to add, obviously, Omer because I feel like he has that potential to play next to Bam. I mean, 27 points and 19 rebounds. Like, I understand it's summer league, and some people like to just not look at that as something as great as it is, but... 27 points and 19 rebounds is not something an average player can do. I think it's something you really have to take into consideration. He can shoot, and he's big. So I want to see him get minutes next to Bam. There's also Marcus Garrett and DJ Stewart, who I actually think has the potential and ups- upside that I really want to see us um, explore. And I feel like we have a lot of potential in our summer league lineup, and I feel like we should give at least two spots, maybe three. And we already have Gabe and Stroot. So it's like, it's a lot of spots 
that can be filled by these players with so much potential. And we found Duncan, and we found Gabe, and we found Struth, and we found none through this process of um our last two to three spots. So it's not useless spots. It's spots that can turn into the likes of Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. I mean, I really feel like it's time that UD joins the coaching staff instead of being on the the player roster side of things. I think he has a lot of use in that area. I just don't think that he should be someone that takes up our roster spots. Right. You know, like I said, you know, it's kind of, I, I see both sides of the argument. You know, it's definitely kind of something that you can't go wrong with either decision. Like I said, it's all based on what UD wants and what the Heat wants. You know, everything that UD has done for this team, I feel like, you know, if he wants to be back as a player, then he will be back. And if he wants to step away, then he will. So it's all based on what UD wants to do. But um, aside from that, is there anything else we should hit on while we're still here? I think we're good. We've touched on everything we needed to touch on. So with that being said, are we ready to close it out or? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just interested to see the, the remaining moves the Miami makes and we'll talk then. That's right. So without further ado, then, um, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast, a Miami Heat NBA podcast that's not for everyone. Uh, you know, we'll see you guys very soon with another episode. Uh, big shout outs to Quake for coming on um, a few minutes into it. Make sure to follow him at the underscore Earthquake 3. And make sure to follow the Heat vs. the World account at Heat vs. the World underscore on Twitter as well. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.